and we're going to go to Luke chapter 2 to start. Luke 2. The topic today is reasons reasons for joy. Luke chapter 2. Um We'll just write. This is the time of year as we know people start thinking about the birth of Jesus Christ, and you hear all the songs, "Joy to the World," and all that kind of stuff. And well, we'll I thought we'd take a look at that a little bit today, and reasons for joy, and just what joy is. In Luke chapter two, and it came to pass, verse one, in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing, or we know as registration for a census, was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed or registered, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You shall be, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So, you know, with the coming of Jesus Christ came the real opportunity, came an amazing opportunity for mankind to have joy, experience joy. Um, joy itself isn't anything that is automatic. I know we talk about joy and it being an inside joy and from the inside and all that. We, But joy itself is not automatic. I mean, the word itself doesn't really mean anything more than delight or happiness, a little bit, a little bit of happiness, that kind of thing. You know, delight, joy, just joyfulness. Uh, but but the, the interesting thing we're going to see is what are the reasons for that joy? Uh, because here they said, you know, here's the birth of Christ. But even that day, when, when or not that same day, but eight days later when they went to the temple, you know, Mary was told that a sword is going to pierce through thy own soul also. Even though he was, you know, his birth was the, was the opportunity for joy, it didn't mean that everything was always going to go amazingly well and people were joyful. That's just not how it works, right? Um, in Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 13. Matthew 
It's an interesting verse. Verses, verse 20. But he that received the stone, and this is the parable of the sower and the seed, into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. So the word of God comes to this gentleman or man or whoever it is, person, and receives this, the word with joy. Yet, verse 21, hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, so hangeth around for a bit. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. You know, joy is not guaranteed to stay. It's not automatic. Uh, now here, when he receives the word, um, just because the joy was available to him doesn't mean that a person will live joyfully. I mean, this person, did when, when he decided that the persecution and tribulation of the world and things that were attacking him or were, un, can't handle these. Had the word changed? No. Right. See, the word of God had not changed. But the person, this person, he had changed and chose that let the tribulation and, of, um, and pressure of the world rob him of his joy. The, could the word have continued to bring him joy? Yes, he could have been joyful because the word was there. The word had not changed. And we're going to see that the Christian's joy is rooted in the unchanging realities that God has made available to the believer. That's where our joy is rooted. It is not automatic. Uh, it, it is something that we can have and something that we can keep if we take heed to those unchanging realities here the unchanging reality was the word of God and this guy this gentleman decided that the pressure and tribulation of life would allow he allowed it to rob him of the joy that the word of God had brought um, if you'll remember um, Jeremiah another good example right what did he say he said that words were found right I did eat them so he got into God's word he ate it which means, you know, eating means live that. It's, he didn't, as you know, physically, but he, he got into it, looked at it, and said to him, it was the joy and rejoicing of his heart. And as we all know, Jeremiah had a very smooth life, <laughs> no problems, <laughs> no issues. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, you see, I mean, but the fact is, throughout that, he was able to keep the joy because he held on to that unchanging reality of the Word of God that was the, the reason for his joy. Had he let go of the Word of God, he too would have been robbed of his joy. It was, it was um, you know, again, we have other, other verses that talk about the statutes of the Lord, rejoice the heart, or I rejoice as thy word is one that findeth great spoil. See, the whole point, the whole point is that joy is available to you and me and the Word of God is one of those wonderful, unchanging realities that allow us to have joy in any situation we want. Jesus Christ was the Word in the flesh, was He not? And at His birth, they announced, here's an opportunity for joy to the world. But not if people didn't accept Him. Same as this person who allowed the tribulation and pressure to remove that which was the source of joy. In Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Verse 17. This is when the 
70 went out and did some amazing things. When they came back in verse 17, and the 70 returned again with joy. So they were very joyful. They, they saw the great saying, Even the devils are, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. In other words, you know, uh, there was a bit of a downfall for what, because of what they had done. And they were very joyful about it. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. Because they were, they were full of joy. And he said, don't rejoice in that. Which we're going to see doesn't mean that you know we don't we're not blessed or thankful when you know spirits are cast out or people get healed and delivered. Of course, there is joy. He's not saying don't be joyful about that, but there is a greater reason. What does he say? But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You see the unchanging reality. I mean, you you can have things that come to you and hit you every day, and sometimes you know you can get hurt by them and sometimes you can get pressured by them and all these things and you know and and when we when we get the deliverance over those things of course we're joyful and blessed but he's saying guess what you can be joyful and blessed all the time because your names are in heaven he goes you rejoice in that that is the unchanging reality here isn't it you know where you're going and so even if those things didn't take place and you weren't able to you know, maybe be triumphant in a situation you would have liked to be, guess what? You can still be joyful because that is not going to change. So Jesus Christ, you know, very simply, they were all excited. And he said, yeah, I saw lightning fall from them. They must have been, you know, hanging around. Yeah, I did this and did this and all. Well done and all that. And he goes, you know what? That's wonderful. Don't be so excited about that. Be more excited that your names are written in heaven. So, you know, unchanging reality of that wonderful, wonderful truth Jesus Christ led them to. So joy itself is not lasting. It is a joy, reasons for the joy that are lasting. And here Jesus Christ led them to that. Because you could be tempted to think, you know, and, uh, well, I'm a believer, you know, therefore I, I always have joy. Well, is that true? Is it? <laughs> no. But could you always have joy? Yes. And that's the thing, you know, when we, when we talk about uh, joy itself being something that comes to us, you know, and we know it's a fruit of the Spirit, for example, we know that. Well, is fruit of the Spirit automatic? Certainly not. So for us, this, you know, joy is something that we can always have, but we must choose it. We must always recognize what are the reasons for that joy. So, you know, you know I, I might be walking along and get, you know, hit by the flu or something and not be able to overcome it for a week. Does that mean in the middle of that, I can't be joyful? Certainly I can. Because all the unchanging realities that God has given me, they're there. They're always there. I have to choose joy. I have to decide that, well, you know what? You know, again, this is in, in that respect, this is very much related to, you know, thankfulness. And we always talk about, there's always a basis for being thankful. Well, there's always a basis for being joyful. It's really no different. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 5 
verse 11. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. What? <laughs> you know, I can imagine them saying, hang on a second, did I hear that right? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's keep reading. Blessed are you, so you should be, you're blessed when men revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Why? Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For those things, no. For great is your reward in have see i mean those things for the so persecuted prophets before you see those things are going to come so the reason for your rejoicing in those situations and having great joy is not because of those things unless you're a masochist and sick (laughs) but it's because of the reward in heaven that unchanging reality again you know he leads them towards directs them towards the reason for their joy in the, where are we going here? John chapter 15. John 15. I'm still in Matthew. That's why I was like, that isn't the verse that I want to read. John 15. Okay. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So, how how would the joy for those people there, the people he was speaking to, how would their joy remain? Why would their joy? And he said, what did he say? If you, if you keep my commandments, if you do God, do the word. And so, why was his joy full? Because he did his father's will. And he said, if you, you know, he's not, he was leaving, he was going to go soon. I said, if you want your joy to stay, you want it to remain and be full, keep my, keep, keep the word, keep God's word, keep the commandments. So the Word of God, again, that unchanging reality, that's how it was going to be full, that they would keep the Word. That's what He told them to do. Keep my Word and your joy will be full. What a wonderful blessing. Well, you know, so the, I guess the other side, again, in all these verses, the other side is always there. If you don't keep His commandments, would your joy be full? No, it will not be full. And you would not be joyful. Um, so, um, Philippians chapter 4. Because things don't always go according to plan. But guess what? Your your joy can remain. It can be full. It can always be there. You know, and I was I was looking at this because I read it. I was reading something last week or I guess the week before sometime, and and this gentleman had written a, a wonderful statement. He'd said that long-faced Christianity does not bring many adherents. You know, and I, I got to thinking about that. I was like, that's an interesting statement. Long faced Christianity does not bring many adherents. I said, oh, it's interesting. And he's right. You know, if I, if I don't let the joy that God's word and the unchanging realities that I've been blessed with emanate in my life, then, you know, I, 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 really, I really missed the opportunity 
that God's word. Like, if I, if I, you know, remember we say, I wouldn't go to church with you. You know, people who are burdened down by the things of life and, and society and all these things. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, when we have affliction and things that happen to us, oh, that's wonderful. I love being beaten over the head. So none, none of that. It's, it's, it's more, I know when those things happen, that the realities that God has given haven't changed. So I can choose to be joyful. You know, and, and that's why, you know, so, so you know, turn that smile, frown upside down. What are those stupid things? Anyway, <laughs> and everyone, you know, so the, the, what we have as a reality that's unchanged, that those should, should have some kind of reflection in our life. In the Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Rejoiced in the Lord that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See, he, he knew how to handle both sides of life why because he starts off by saying he rejoiced in who the lord that's where his rejoicing was and that wasn't going to change jesus christ when he appeared to him on the road to damascus he said what did he tell him he said i'm going to be with you now he told him i'll be with you i'm going to be with you whatever when i'm delivering you from the gentiles and wherever i send you and you're going to witness to me and i'm going to be always with you so here he is now i know how to be a base i cry i can do all things through christ which enables me i rejoice in him so whether it's less or more it doesn't matter all those things are going to come our way but i can continue to be joyful and continue to rejoice because i know the lord is always with me you know and it, it isn't um sometimes people mistake joy for that flippant happiness that comes from the world, you know. Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy all the time, you know. Well, you know, not all of us are on drugs, you know. So, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's not that. It's 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 a joy that doesn't leave because we know what's true, what's right. It's not it's not based on you know. I want the lottery. I'm happy. That's great. Tomorrow it's all spent. I'm not happy anymore. You know, it's not that kind of flippant happiness of the world. It's because. I know what's true. I know what God has done for us. I know that His Word is ever unchanging. I know it's always there. I know that we're going to go to we're going to heaven. There's there's reward. There's blessing. Those things are unchanging. God has given them to us, and therefore, in the midst of any situation, whether it's good or bad, things happening, I can choose. We can choose to be joyful. Right? Um, in Habakkuk chapter three, there's a book we go to every week. Habakkuk chapter 3. Yeah, where we're, we're reminds people where it is. Remind myself where it is. Yeah. You find those three pages where it is. This is a good time to have it in a, in a what you call, bookmark, right? <laughs> Page 927. 
in um, <laughs> chapter 3 of it, once you find the book, chapter 3, verse 17. This is, you know, uh, again, if you read the whole chapter, you see the kind of situation they were in. And he says in verse 17, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive oil shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Doesn't sound like a great time, does it? Everything is just not a blessing. Verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and He will make my feet like hinds feet, and He will make me to walk upon my high places. See, even in the midst of some of the things that are going on, you know, the, the, the gentleman here, Habakkuk, writes by Revelation, I will rejoice in the Lord. So it doesn't mean things are always going well, but the unchanging realities are always there. They don't. That's why they're unchanging. In Romans chapter 15, I suspect after all that work, we should have read more verses in Habakkuk. But <laughs> Romans 15. So we just rejoice despite the circumstances of life. And Romans 15 is a wonderful truth. And again, the, the context of Romans 15, the chapter, is, is believing God, you know, who were the Lord was going to be a blessing to both Jews and Gentiles, all mankind, that He was going to be a blessing. And anybody who chose to believe on Him will be blessed by the Messiah. Verse 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy and peace in believing. You know, what happens if I don't believe it? then do I have joy and peace? No. But here again, you know, the wonderful promise of God. So when you're believing God, when, when, when you have the promises of God and you believe those promises, God's Word said that you will have joy and peace. Joy and peace in believing. When, you know, when God told Isaiah, He said that, you know, the Word that He sent will always accomplish that what He wanted it to accomplish. And when they believed it, they would go out with joy, right, and go forth with peace again when they believed His Word. The same truth that He told Isaiah. When you believe the Word, when the Word is given, and we believe that Word, it says that we can have joy and peace in believing that Word. Um, there are many records that talk about joy in the midst of afflictions. Not, not because of the afflictions, but because of the unchanging realities that are always there in the midst of afflictions. Um, the Thessalonians received the Word of God in much affliction, with joy. They received it with joy because it was the Word of God. And the Word of God brings joy when it's believed. It brings peace when it's believed. The affliction didn't stop them from doing that. Acts, they said they, were, they, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer name, shame for His name. They rejoiced in that because He was always with them. They didn't rejoice in the beatings and the imprisonments, but they rejoiced that they were counted worthy. And he was always there. When Paul and company were in affliction, it says that the God of all the God of all comfort comforted them and they were able to rejoice. 
David said, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. Therefore did my heart rejoice. Did David have it rough sometimes? Sure did. You know, it seems like they were always out to kill him. And yet he said, because when he kept the Lord before him, he was able to rejoice. That was not going to change in his life. It didn't matter what else happened around him. That was not going to change. And because of that, he said he could rejoice. Abraham, it said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That was way, he rejoiced. He looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. And again, Abraham, what he went through, that, and did he see that promise come to pass? No, but as a result of that promise, he was able to be joyful, thinking, oh, someday the Messiah is coming. You know, I'm looking ahead to that wonderful promise, and he could be joyful. Jesus Christ, it says that, he says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus Christ went through a few, few rough things, didn't he? You know, beaten beyond recognition, and yet it says that because he knew it was coming, that was not going to change. God wasn't going to change His promise. That unchanging reality, that wonderful promise, allowed him to be joyful. Um, in First Peter, chapter four. First Peter. Chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Chapter 4, verse 12. As though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Rejoice, because you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that... When His glory shall be revealed, you shall be glad also with exceeding joy. And He tells them, you know, again, that the whole idea, you can now, you can rejoice now. You can rejoice now, even though you are dealing with sufferings, you, you know, you deal with His sufferings. But why? Not because of suffering you're dealing with. You can be joyful now because when He's revealed, we're going to be revealed with Him in glory. Remember, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago to be with Him in glory. We're going to be revealed with Him in glory. And, and he, he says here, then you're going to have exceeding great, more joy. I mean, even that very, those very unchanging realities, that are very, that's going to happen. And if we keep that in our perspective, in our mind, when we deal with the things of life, we can say, you know what? I can decide to be joyful. I can choose to be joyful. You know, long-faced Christianity doesn't bring many adherents. Well, you know, I can choose. Why, why shouldn't people see your life and say, what's funny, you know, that person doesn't always have everything going well, but they always seem to be something on the inside, like it says in Mary Hart. It's like I mean, a secret meal on the inside, always eating a secret meal, you know, keeping that Mary Hart to be joyful. Well, you know, well, they got sick, but they were still talking about how faithful God is. And what a blessing he is. And, you know, we have a hope that is sure we're going there. And these people are weird, you know. But that's that's it, right? That's like, I can choose. And it's not, the thing is, what he said, it's not based on flippant things that happen day by day circumstances. They're based on the unchanging reality that God has set before us. His word, the Lord, always with us, the hope, the reward, all these things that God has set up in his word for you and me, they don't change. 
and therefore I can choose to not allow the pressures of life take the rob the word of God from my heart and life. I can choose joy. I can choose it because it's available. Isn't the thought of being with the Lord forever joyful? Isn't the thought of a treasure in heaven joyful? Isn't the thought of joy and peace joyful itself? Yeah, for sure. They're all wonderful, wonderful things to think about. We'll close in Philippians chapter 4, please. We started with the birth of Jesus Christ as being the an open door for great joy to the world. And certainly it is. And we'll close with Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. And that's what Paul wrote in, before that he was doing. Always and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. All that, you know, again, the, the, the word of God, the epistles direct the believer into logically reasoning out that which Jesus Christ has brought to us. That's something that is a lifelong journey for all of us, is to recognize all that He's brought to us. So that despite the circumstances of life, whatever they might be, and sometimes they're not great, whatever they might be, we can choose to, again, just in our mind, recognize, you know, logically reason out all that He's done, that He has made you righteous. He has justified you. He has paid for every sin you've committed or will ever commit. He's already paid for that, justified you, made you righteous. He set you apart. You know, there's nothing that can touch you. Nothing, Michelle, by any means hurt you. Nothing can touch you because you're set apart for heaven. That's just that's something that He's done for you. That is not going to change. It's an unchanging reality. Seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. Unchanging. That's true all the time. That's true when you're sick. It's true when you're well. It's true when you don't have much. It's true when you have a lot. It doesn't change. Part of God's household. The dwelling place of the Almighty. Loved of God. Do any of these things ever change? They're always true. Always, always true. And they're always a reason and a basis for the joy that you and I can have as believers, you know, First Thessalonians puts it this way, rejoice evermore, or rejoice always. And yeah, sure, and we should do the best that we can. Because if, if we certainly keep these things in our mind all the time, then we're not going to be long-faced Christians. But we're not going to be fake, false Christians either, but we're going to have that joy in our heart to talk about the Lord, to talk about all these wonderful things so that Others can see, well, this is, this is amazing. You know, what they believe must have some, you know, something behind it. So, you know, reasons, great, the unchanging realities that God has set before us, His Word, the Lord, and all that He's accomplished, and all that is going to happen in the future, and the reward, and the hope, and all these wonderful things are unchanging realities that we can keep in our forefront of our minds so that we're not robbed of our joy but that we can continue to be joyful in the midst of anything that comes our way so great reasons to be joyful for for God's people okay